as he comes to preach to us tonight. Lord, we're so thankful for this privilege to come into your house. Ask you, Lord, to bless Brother Roger, Lord. Would you bless the preaching of the word and bless our ears to hear, to receive tonight, dear God, we ask. Bless us, dear Lord. Appreciate the Lord tonight. I seem like everybody but, uh, Brother Mike used to call it the Rocky Mountain Plague. <laughs> and God's good to us, church. We really we're ringing, Brother Billy. When burdens come so hard to bear. And the worthy friend can share Here drives away the smile and leave my heart in pain Then the Lord from heaven above Speaks to me in tones of love Wipes the tears away and makes me smile again I need no mansion here below for Jesus said that I could go To a home beyond the cloud Not made with hands Won't you come and go along We will sing the sweetest song Ever played upon a heart In glory land Oh, the thought to me is sweet to my loved ones I shall meet At the ending of the journey here below Seems I hear their voices blend In a world that's without end I won't weary when my time shall come to go I need no mansion here below for Jesus said that I could go To a home beyond the cloud Not made with hands Won't you come and go along We will sing the sweetest song Ever played upon a heart In glory land When Jesus comes to claim his own I will move to my new home. I walk and talk with him upon the streets of gold. A mansion there is waiting me. Soon its beauty I shall see. In that city where we'll never shall grow old. I need no mansion here below. For Jesus said that I could go To a home beyond the clouds Not made with hands Oh, won't you come and go along We will sing the sweetest song Ever played upon a heart In glory land Thanks, Lord. 
appreciate the Lord tonight. Certainly covet your prayers. If you have your Bibles, would like to read with us with the good Lord and help us tonight in St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 12. A couple of verses of Scripture, and then I want to go to 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. St. Luke, chapter 12. I want to start reading in verse 39. It's a very, very familiar Scripture. I felt like in prayer, the Lord dealt with me concerning these Scriptures. And I trust that I can open our, our spiritual mind to them in a way that will stir us up to, to draw closer to the Lord. Luke chapter 12, verse 39. And this know that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. You know, Jesus told us our time is always at hand. The Lord's coming is something that we need to keep on our mind at all times. But in the process, like Sister Molly Honecker, we never know when our last day here is. Amen. So he said, Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 2. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 2. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief God don't want us to his coming take us as a thief he wants us to be ready morning, noon or night we never know would you stretch your hand this way ask the Lord to help please Lord I ain't nothing I'm a nobody God you know that and this church knows it but God you're everything to all of us tonight and Lord, we've come into your house with thanksgiving in our heart. We've come into your house, Lord, to worship you in the beauty of holiness. We've come into this house, Lord, to lift up your name and to receive of you the blessings that you have for us, Lord, as we faithfully endeavor to do the will of God. Lord, would you move in this congregation tonight. Let your words, Lord, rest upon our hearts. Draw us closer to you in this end time hour. Lord, we'll honor you and we'll praise you for we ask it in Jesus' name. The congregation said, Amen. The church, I'm sure we all know that this scripture here is talking about the coming of the Lord. One of the most serious subjects probably attending the church today is the coming of the Lord. Something that we should keep on our mind. He said, what I say unto one, I say unto all to watch. Be watchful. Be vigilant. It's a, it's a time and it's marked with the unexpected, the unawareness, church, that's going to come upon the church. And, and you know, I, sometimes 
Brother Bob, I could just cry when I see how people are acting this close to the coming of the Lord and church people taking so lightly the things of God. Amen. When we ought to, if ever there's a time to be serious about our salvation, about the coming of the Lord, it ought to be right now, church. Paul, speaking in Philippians, said that at a at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. And church, that's what we should be doing. We should be uh, confessing that Christ is Lord to the glory of God. We should tell this world of His, His, uh, His coming and to be ready. And then he said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in this world. We shine to this world. They see us, and we need to keep on shining. You know, church, there, there are, are, are too many people that's taking this walk with God much too lightly. And that's exactly what's going to happen in the coming of the Lord. When people are not ready, they're they're unaware, and people are, are going to be, as Matthew 24 said, eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. And then he said, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now this thief here that Jesus compares the coming of the Lord with, he comes unexpectedly. Amen. Did you ever have anybody to drop in unexpectedly? He comes uninvited. And so when that thief comes to your house, he comes without warning. He comes surprisingly. and He comes unawares. And so, church, that is the way the coming of the Lord's going to be to this world. They're not looking for him. They're not expecting him. And they're not uh, 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 waiting on his coming. And, uh, but he told us that, that that day should not catch us unaware. Because we know what the Word of God, if we read the Word of God. You know, I like to say that we are not in a in, in, in mainline religion here. Amen. We're not uh, in the mainline church world, so to speak. And I, I thank God for that, Brother Bob. I really do. There's a lot of churches that don't believe in hell anymore. They don't believe that the Bible is without error. They believe there's error in the Word of God. And, and, and there, you know, a lot of them, uh, because of, of lack of interest in the things of God, they have shut down their Sunday night services. They can't get enough. <coughs> Seem like to have a Sunday night service. But I'm glad of those that are, are watching and that are faithful. You know, there's some that don't believe the coming of the Lord literally. They believe the book of Revelation has already been fulfilled and, and it has no prophetic meaning in it uh, or, or even uh, for the future. You see, the preaching of the second coming to them is almost a thing of the past. I see how foolish I was, Brother Bob, when I was a, a young teenager in high school without a thought of the coming of the Lord. And I remember... When I got saved, we'd sing that song, Jesus is Coming Soon. And it was such a, a fear in my heart 
uh, Brother Bruce and the coming of the Lord. I wanted to be ready. And I'm telling you, when you have a fear of God in your life, you want to be ready because you don't want to be called unaware. And so, you know, that, that, that's how it'll be in the end time. And the way is, uh, uh, in the end time, people is going to uh, uh, kind of uh, drift along in this world. And, and if we were uh, 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 looking at the scripture here, if he came to many a household, uh, he would find so many that's not expecting his coming. He comes as a thief in the night. I remember hearing a story about a man and woman that stopped at a convenience store. They left their car running while they went in. And when they came out, their car was gone. And they were so upset. They, somebody had stole their car and there was some more people there. And so they offered to take them home. And they said, well, you know, we can go home and, and we can call the police. And so when they took them home, their car was in the driveway. And there was a note in the car that said, I'm sorry that we had to take your car. It was an emergency. Here's two tickets to the ball game. Please forgive me. And they said, well, you know, no harm done. So they took the tickets and went to the ball game. And while they was at the ball game, the thief came and took everything out of their house. Unexpected church. Unaware. You know, he's like the thief that comes unannounced, unexpected, and he takes them unaware. And I like to say that Satan is like that, church, and he comes to catch us uh, unaware. He, he, he wants us at his prey. And if I could tonight, I'd like to tell the saints of God to beware of the traps of the devil. He set many traps. You see, the devil lays his trap, and he is best at work, church, when he catches us off guard and we're not expecting it. You ever have anything hit you unexpected? Uh, we call it blindsided. Amen. The devil likes to catch us asleep or off guard or off balance. And the devil never takes a vacation. Paul told the church to redeem the time for the days are evil. We've got to make use of every minute of time, church. And I'm going to tell you, Instead of going to the house of God less, I believe we ought to try to go more. I don't think you can have too many revivals. Huh? If they'd have decided not to have the revival, Brother Bruce said, I got saved in. Where would I be? I'm telling you, church, I believe in bringing these children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. You know, they, they, there's a lot of little children around here right now that's in diapers. I'm going to tell you, they're not going to stay there very long. They grow up so fast. Amen. I feel like we need to pray more than we've ever prayed before. You see, the wickedness of this world and our, our, our families, church, are exposed to a lot of it. And brother, if ever we need God's help, we need it now. We're getting older. And I'm going to tell you, you know, the Lord will not catch you unaware if you are praying, if you're watching, if you're seeking God, He's not going to catch you unaware. Amen. You're going to be ready. And could, could I tell you tonight, you, you know, you're, you, you're game for the devil when you're unaware and you're not uh, keeping up with what's going on and not studying the Word of God and you're not praying and you're not watching. Carelessness and, and, and free-handed, too much idle time on hand. 
We need to give that time to God. We need to give that time to prayer and to seek in the face of God. You know, life demands vigilance on our part, church. And you may, you may think you've gained a, a, a resting period, but we never do, church. Evil never rests. Evil never stops. And there, there's one thing that will uh, keep us unaware, and that's to, uh, you know, put us uh, open prey to the devil is when we become weary in our journey. Amen. Well, I hope you'll help me tonight. Uh, I, I know we're a little quiet tonight. I'm a little sick in body, but I'm doing the best I can. Amen. But church, you know, the human body is just made to take so much. You can't just go on and on. I know you may be able to go two or three days without sleep. And you may be able to go another two or three days with an hour or two of sleep. But after a while, your body will shut down on you. You've got to stop. You've got to lay down. You've got to rest. And church, that is the same way in our spiritual. When, when uh, you know, when you're weary and the devil sees that he's uh, uh, getting to you and, and he loves to wear the saints down. That's one of the things the Bible teaches us. The wearing out of the saints, Brother Bob. You know, uh, uh, Paul wrote in Galatians, he said, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You can't quit. You know, living for God requires something, and it takes something out of us. Uh, most people, they, you know, they, they don't never put that back, spiritually speaking. So we must pray, church, to stay alert and stay on our guard. Oh, when, when, when we are weary, be not weary, he said, in well-doing. When you're doing all you can, don't let that wear you down. I'm telling you, the devil attacks our mind. He comes to our thoughts. The Bible said in Deuteronomy 25, Remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way when thou were come forth out of Egypt, how he met thee by the way and smote the hindmost part of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee when thou wast faint and weary, and he feared not God. I'm telling you, the devil don't care. He'll wear you down. And could I tell you tonight, church, when you get wore down spiritually, and also when you, when you are exhausted bodily, you begin to lag behind. You know, this sick spell, Brother Bruce, that I had, I seem like I can't, I can't get my strength back. I've lost about 12 pounds. And, and Brother Gary, I, I, you know, I, I make myself, I don't want to eat. Mother's that way. Brenda's having to feed mother and she won't eat but just two or three bites at a time and you know when you get physically wore down the enemy is more prone to attack you and attack your mind and then mo most of the time it happens when you get weary of fighting the battle and that's when the devil comes in and he jumps upon your shoulder and he'll whisper in your ear he always jumps up on the left side because he can't never do nothing right amen and so he says, why are you doing this? Pushing yourself, fighting in the load. Nobody cares anyway. And he, he talks to you, church, and he lies to you. That's his job, to lie. He lies to you, and he tells you the fight is not worth the journey, but he's lying to you. And church, we, we need to sing that old song, Heaven will be worth the journey when I get there. That city is so wonderful. 
so bright and fair. Amen. You know, Amalek waited on Israel when they came out of Egypt. And he caught that one that was old and that was feeble and was weary and he smoked them. Oh, church, when, when we get weary of fighting the battle, could I encourage some of you tonight, uh, don't be weary. Uh, you know, that praying for your lost loved one. Don't be weary over that. The enemy would like to wear you down. Brother Billy, if you'd have listened to the devil, you'd have given up on your dad long time uh, before he ever come. The devil tells us they ain't no use. They're not going to pray. But I'm telling you, if we'll be persistent and we'll be alert and we'll be on our guard, brother, God will come to us, church. I know as, as you plead with God and the years drag on, church, and the enemy tells you they ain't never going to get saved, and you well as leave it alone, but church, time brings out a distance, and we get tired of fighting day in and day out. When it looks like there's no relief in sight, we get weary with it. But keep on, pilgrim. Keep on pressing on in this journey. I, you know, I read to us here, he said, let us not be weary in well-doing. I want to tell you, church, you're doing better than what the devil wants you to think. You really are. You're doing a lot better than the devil wants you to think. He wants to tell you it ain't going to happen. But one by one, we see those miracles happen. One by one, we see those that others have given up on. God bring them in. Amen. And church, it seems like if you let down your guard for just a moment, the devil is there to attack you. Amen. And you know, uh, sometime back, I, I was reading where Amalek came to, and he fought with Israel. And the Bible tells about Moses. He sent Joshua with some of the men of Israel to fight. And he told him, he said, <coughs> Excuse me. He said, I'm going to stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. You know, uh, Joshua went to, uh, to battle with Amalek, and Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. And the Bible said here in Ezekiel 17, the Bible said, And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand was heavy. In other words, they were tired. They were weary. Moses was a large man. And holding his arm up with the rod of God, they got tired. And so he began to let it down. And and the Bible said, and they took a stone and they put it under him. And he sat there on and Aaron and her stayed up the hand of Moses. Amen. One on each side, church. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Now, you know, somebody raised their hand. After a while, I don't care how strong you are, your arm's going to get heavy after a I prayed and sought God when I was seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, lift your hand. I tried to do whatever they tell me. I wanted the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And after a while, my hand would get heavy. And sometimes, Brother Bruce, I'd feel somebody grab my arm, push it back up there. But you know, after a while, you get tired of standing. And Moses. And so Aaron and her seen that. And they got a stone. I'm telling you, if you'll sit on the rock of ages, Thank God. There'll be somebody that'll help you. 
Bible said in Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Thank God, church, Moses had some help. Now, here you are, you know, have you ever been weary and you needed some help? Well, you may not have, but I have. Many times. Are you tired of fighting the battle? Has it seemed like the Lord is afar off? We come up against times like that, and it seems like, God, where are you? I remember Brother Charles Barnett when I was pastoring there in Alabama. He was preaching a meeting for me. He was telling about going through a trial in his life. And he said, I looked up and said, God, are you up there? Do you recognize me? Do you recognize I need help? You know, sometimes, church, we get busy in our own little world. And we forget to look. Somebody else needs a little help. They need a little strength. And it's the way Moses was. You know, we pray and we pray and we beat that rock. But it don't seem like that it gets any smaller, church. And that's when, when the enemy will try to slip in and catch you unaware. And he'll attack your mind. And, and, and Aaron and her here held up Moses' hand. I want you to listen to what the Bible said in Hebrews 12. He said, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. What are you going to do with those feeble knees? We may have to sit down on the rock of ages and rest those feeble knees and let somebody help lift up her hands. It's a whole lot easier if somebody's sitting down for you to lift up their hands because you're not putting as much strength. If they're standing up, you're reaching up here. But if they're sitting down, you're right here. And you can hold a lot longer. And Aaron and her realized that. I just seen that. And so the Bible said, lift up the feeble hands and, and to strengthen uh, the feeble knees. And he said, make straight paths for your feet. Let that which is lame be turned out of the way. But let it rather be healed. Sometimes we just need some help from our friends, from the saints of God. Amalek sought that one that was feeble and weary. The one that was uh, tired on the journey, amen, of life. But Joshua turned it all around with Moses' help, church. And we can too when we pray one for another. We need one another. You may not need me, but I want to tell you, I need you. Do you know what watch, uh, the, the watchman uh, is most likely to be caught off guard? It's the fourth watch. That last watch in the wee hours of the morning. I remember and I worked in the coal mines. I worked about uh, five or six years on the, what they called the Hoodow shed. And you know, <clears throat> uh, on Sunday nights, Sunday mornings, I, you know, I went to church and I'd come home and I'd eat dinner and I'd lay down and rest a little while and then I'd get up and I, I would uh, eat supper and we'd get ready, Brother Bob, we'd go to church. You know, uh, I'd go to work, I'd, we, I'd leave the house at 10.30 in time I, I got to the mines and got my bank clothes on and got my light and ready to go underground at 12.01. In the wee hours of Monday morning, Man, it was a battle to stay awake. You know, church, that's the way it is with us oftentimes. 
mind in that in that fourth watch in those wee hours of the morning when the night has drug on and sleep tries to overtake you and I, I, I remember uh, I, I was uh, uh, me and another guy run the mine and we took turns and there was one time in particular I had I, I had worked a couple of double shifts trying to uh, uh, make up some time and in, uh, in that wee hour of that second shift, in the wee hours of the morning, I got so tired, and I couldn't hold my eyes open just sitting there while the other operator, we, we took cut about, and the other operator's running, and I locked my arm around that uh, post on the canopy of that miner. In case I fell asleep, the slightest movement of that miner, and I'd be alert to move that cable, make sure it didn't get under the tracks of the miner. I'm telling you, church, there's times that we need one another to help us. And church, you, you, you never seen such a time of people letting down their guard as we are seeing right now, right here in the last hour, the last uh, uh, shift of life. Proverbs 6 said, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hand. And Paul went on to say in Romans 13, knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. I'm telling you, we're further down the journey right now. We're getting closer to the end time, church. And it's, it's, it's a closing out time, and it's closer than it's ever been before. And the devil would like nothing better, church, to catch you uh, sleeping and, and, and catch you unaware and, and, and slip in on you and rob you of the blessing of God. I remember reading a story. Uh, they said that Alexander the Great uh, came upon one of his guards at night and they had fallen asleep. Then if you were caught sleeping, the guard uh, on guard duty, you were shot before squad. And it was in the wee hours of the morning and fatigue had overtaken this young man. And Alexander found the man to sleep and he, he took his arms and he walked the rest of the night for this young man, amen, because he had become weary. You know, the devil wants to wear us down. He's like that old wolf uh, that stays just close enough to his prey. He'll travel a little bit on the right side to let that prey know he's over there. And then directly he'll find him just behind him. And then he'll find him on his left flank. And he'll show up in front of him. You know what he does? He's wearing at their prey down. He don't know which way to run. And so he goes to running wild. And he waits till that prey wears down. That's the way the devil does. He shows up unexpectedly, unaware. And he's wearing the saints of God down. And after a while, he'll attack. But church, we're not ignorant to the devil's devices. Amen. You know, Paul said, Let, uh, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Amen. We understand what the devil's up to. And I'm telling you, those that uh, have uh, been out in the wilderness and out where the wolf was, and they understand the, the, the characteristics of that wolf. They are more alert, and they don't run this way for a while and run this way for a while and trying to get away, uh, they stand their ground. And that's what you and I, saints of God, we've got to be vigilant. We've got to be about the Father's business. You remember Samson and Delilah? 
You know, it started out as a game to Samson, and he would tease Delilah. And she kept quizzing him and kept questioning him, and she kept pressing him. And the Bible said that after a while, her continuing wearied him. He got weary with it. And after a while, he told her all of his heart. And I'm telling you, that the way the devil, he's trying to wear out the saints of God. And church, if that, if this church and any church as far as that is, is going to make it, it's going to take every one of us. We've got to help one another. We've got to pull together. The Bible said a threefold cord is not easily broken. The enemy may attack, but brother, if you've got others on guard, if you've got others that's praying, Bible said pray you one for another. The Bible teaches you, you know, when, when we come into his prayer church with thanksgiving and we lift up Moses' hand, the preacher, the man of God, Brother Philip, amen. If we lift him up, how do we do that? We do that through prayer, through supplication to God. And if ever there's a time that we need to be faithful to the house of God, it's now. We need to be faithful to one another. Forbearing, the Bible said one another. It takes all of us helping each other to make it. I'm telling you, if we'll pull together as a saints of God in the house of God and we'll reach out to those that are lost and pray for those, you know, the burden that you have for your loved ones ought to be our burden also. That's why he said, pray you one for another. That he may be healed. You know, prayer is a very powerful tool. But the enemy of our soul tries to keep us from praying by wearing us down. And, and, and you know, I had somebody tell me the other day, seem like my prayers ain't getting nowhere. What's the use of even putting forth all this effort when it seems I've not accomplished nothing. The devil don't want you to think you're accomplishing anything. But you're accomplishing a whole lot more, church, than what the devil wants you to think. We need to keep pressing on this journey. It's about over. Amen. I'm not tired of the journey. We get tired physically. But oh, there ought to be a quickening spirit within every one of us that says, go on. Pray for this I'm telling you, when you get your mind off of your problem and put your mind on somebody else's problem and somebody else's load, while God is helping you pray for them, God's going to help you with the load you're bearing. That's why he said, bear you one another's burdens and forbearing one another in love. Those two bears we ought to keep with us at all times, church. I'm sorry I ain't preached no better than I have, but I've done my best. Understand. Father God, I've done the best I could, Lord, with what you dealt with my heart. God, I know we're all in a battle tonight. Many of us have grown weary on the journey. But Lord, we're so thankful. Paul told us to be not weary and well doing. We know there is a reaping day. If we'll be faithful to the cross. Lord, if we'll be faithful to the Word of God, there's strength in you. One for another, Lord, there's help in the house of God. Lord, when we come together to worship, when we come together in your house to find strength, many here tonight, God, is carrying a heavy load. Sickness in their family, problems in their family, homes in trouble. 
lives away from God. But Lord, you are the solution. You are our help, Lord. And God, as we see the day of the Lord approaching, it, it ought to be an a, a, a insight in our heart to be more ready than we've ever been, to be on guard, to be alert, to be watching. Oh, God, would you breathe on us the breath of the Holy Ghost tonight in these altars. Visit us, Lord, and draw us closer to the cross. And help us to lift up our loved ones in this hour. We'll honor you, Lord. We'll praise you. In Jesus' name. These altars are open tonight. Somebody wants to get us a song. Let's come, church. Spend a little time in prayer, will you? Come on, let's seek the Lord. I know many of you are, are sick and got loved ones sick. But God's a help in this church. I feel the assurance of God. He's helping us in this hour. Come, let's seek the Lord. Humble your hearts to God. Save from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims brought Christians away. Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night or noon. Many will meet their dear trumpets will sound. So many cold blues in their homes of gold. Listen, God's word is told, evil's a path. When his signs come to pass, near in the end at last, it will come very fast. Oh, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet there. All the dead shall rise, righteous meet in the sky, going where no one dies, heavenward bound. Troubles will soon be or happy forevermore. We shall meet on that shore, free from all care. Rising up in the sky, telling this world.
Yesterday and went down to Bristol to see Sister Molly. They moved her over into the hospice part there uh, behind the hospital. And uh, you could tell it was not going to be long. And so Nelma sent me a text there close to midnight that she passed away about 1040 in the night last night. So, and uh, my brother Randall was there in the hospital. They moved him, you know, he was. He'd been in the hospital three times in the last two weeks, so but they moved him to Bristol because his kidneys function wasn't. But they put stents in, and uh, he had kidney stones there and they had it blocked there and stuff. So anyhow, they put the, did that procedure there today, and so we just uh, came back from there. We went down to the uh, fire conference. There was about close to three thousand there in the service this morning. So good crowd, and. Uh, of course, 
Dana's directing the choir in Randall's place. Uh, Brother Randall's supposed to be doing that mass choir, but so Sister Dana's directing his place, and then Randy's playing. They borrowed our keyboard <laughs> to do that, and uh, and anyhow, so a whole bunch of our people, a whole bunch of folks from this area down there, and uh, but uh, uh, so we talked to Nay McLaughlin there on the way home, so. They're planning on having Sister Molly's funeral here in the church Sunday at 2 o'clock. And, uh, and so uh, Susie and them, they all got together, and they thought, they said, what could they do to honor their mother? And so uh, uh, all of the children, the four surviving children, all the, their wives, the grandchildren, great-grandchildren, they're all supposed to be here in Sunday school Sunday. To honor my sister Molly, and uh, uh, I wish they'd have done that before while she could see it, but I'm sure glad they're doing that for this Sunday. And uh, but anyhow, uh, uh, so and uh, Nay said uh, we'll just have dinner at my house when the funeral's over, and uh, Susie said no. She said Mommy loved to go to her church and eat in her dining room. So we want to have dinner at her church in her dining room down at the tabernacle when the funeral's over. So you sisters need to, uh, we, Sister Doris, we sent a, a sandwich tray to them there today, but anything that you can take to Sister Naomi and Brother Mike's house, uh, they, Brother Mike and they've been faithful to work in the kitchen for several years now. And... Uh, so do your best to help Mike and Nay in this time. And uh, it's been a horrendous experience for Naomi. She'd been there, but her mother sighed from the day that she had the stroke there and uh, very little sleep. And, and so anything that you can do to help Mike and Nay and the rest of the family would sure appreciate it. And then, and then we'll plan on having dinner for them uh, after the funeral there on Sunday. So we, we need everybody that we can uh, to man the battle stations, amen, and do our best. So we've uh, scheduled to have the dedication uh, on the uh, Brother Bobby's uh, great Debbie and Liam's great grandbaby. Can you imagine that? And so Emily and uh, Jordan's baby is supposed to be dedicated here Sunday morning. And so I've got a busy weekend looking out. So, so baby dedication, Sunday school. Uh, funeral two o'clock and then service back six o'clock so uh, but let's do our best uh, to be faithful to the work of the Lord and, and to the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ and you say amen anything else from anyone sure appreciate your faithfulness to be in the house of the Lord tonight and uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure glad to see Gary Jackson in the house of the Lord aren't you he has this, we need, we need you, Gary. You need us and we need you. We need one another. That's the way it is. That's the way it works. You, you know, when you come, you receive a blessing, but you're a blessing to the church. It's just, it's just the way it, it, uh, God intended it to be that. It's not a, a thing that you, you get nothing out of it. That's a parasite that does that. But it's a mutually beneficial thing. When you come to the house of the Lord, you're a blessing to somebody, and somebody is a blessing to you. So uh, we're very thankful for that. Anything else? 
of anything I've forgotten there. All right, let's stand and we'll thank the Lord for the service. Do uh, uh, pray uh, that the Lord will help us this weekend in a mighty way. Our Father, Lord, in Jesus' name.